Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Pick Guardian. Uh, well, we don't have Jared today. He's uh, he was incapacitated. Jared? No Jared. Jared. But it's me. Hey, it's me, Todd Novak. Welcome to our show, the Guitar Knobs Podcast. We are thrilled to death that you are listening to our the thing we do. Our the thing we do. And uh, it's a good it's a, English good. It's a you speak, of Todd. Ours. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was all thrown off because Jared's not here today, and it's a it's a real bummer. But uh, Jared, we miss you. Uh, hopefully, everybody will still want to listen to us, even though Jared's antics are not available to us at the at the moment. If he is able to to jump in, then he he may. Who knows? Maybe we'll have a surprise guest. But I'm pretty sure he's uh, he's not able to join today. So. Jared, Tony, what do we have? Yes. What, what do we do on this here show? We like to talk about gear. Yes. Specifically boutique gear. Even more specifically, we like to talk to the makers of this gear. And that would include things like, oh, pedals, maybe amps, maybe guitars, mm-hmm. accessories. All the things. All the good stuff. Indeed. Occasionally, we do a 101 episode where we go in-depth on a particular subject, but that's not today. No. Those are Jared's favorites, by the way. No, yeah, today, they, I, <laughs> um, we are speaking with a Mr. Somebody from, Mr. From, from somewhere far away. Who are you, Mr.? I am Alex from Xander Circuitry. That is right. Alex from Xander Circuitry, a repeat guest. We had you on, I guess, about uh, about a year and a half ago, because it was just before your daughter was born. Yeah, something like that. I yeah, believe. I think so, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, sorry for my NPR voice. I mean, we're, we're using some different headphones because we've been getting a lot of bleed. Um, uh, our Grado headphones, are they sound amazing, but they are open back, so... I think we were experiencing quite a lot of, of unnecessary bleed. So now I've got like these giant radio cans on my head and I'm like, Oh, Hey, how's everybody doing? And it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a little strange. I'm going to try to avoid doing that. Um, anyhow, we have a great show for you because Alex has a pretty amazing new pedal out and we just wanted to catch up with him because he's generally an interesting dude too. So, we're going to be doing that real shortly. If you're not familiar with Alex and his awesome brand, Xander Circuitry, Alex, where can people find you? Uh, so we are on uh, well, xandercircuitry.com or .co.uk. People will find us. And then uh, at Xander Circuitry on all the social media stuff. Awesome. And um, you got some great demos out there right now. So everybody, make sure you go check those out. Not while you're listening to the show, because then that would be, you know, disruptive and we'd have to stop it would be and rude. wait for you it would just be rude <laughs> but, but uh in the meantime we are going to find out from uh from our our announcements here what's going on uh so we want to thank road for supplying our beautiful roadcaster pro console that is recording all our good stuff and our procaster mics um we have been we, we just absolutely love these things that's super high quality and they're constantly um looking to uh, make things better so we just got a new firmware update for oh for the pro uh, the the roadcaster and it's great because they actually they they listen to the user's feedback and they say that's a good idea we should do that so yeah. that's the kind of company they are and its stuff is Did, built like tanks so would you would you also say that it's relatively easy to use yeah, it, it's insane. It's super, super easy to use, which is, for whatever reason, in the music world and the electronics world, I, I think mostly because a lot of these things are created by, by engineers, not like, I guess, user uh, uh, technicians, <laughs> people that are keen to what users actually want. Uh, I know way back in the day, that was very much the case that's why old sony stuff is like super complicated and anyways mm-hmm. blah 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 electronic show.com um yes super easy it's literally you take it out of the box you plug it in and you're going 
So I uh, highly recommend checking this out if you are interested in doing your own podcast, if you are uh, doing any kind of easy recording. And by easy, I don't mean low quality either. Like this is super high quality stuff and uh, it's digital it's it's all digitals all right um i also wanted to just throw out there all right in the past anybody who's been listening you probably have noticed we don't have a lot of ads because it's been very important to me to make sure that anything we do have doesn't conflict with the content that we're doing and or isn't just an ad because we need the money or something which, you know, hey, we can all do with. But I wanted to open it up and just say, if you're interested in doing a promo or an ad for your product, uh, shoot me a note. You can do it, DM me on uh, Instagram or uh, via email, todd at theguitarnobs.com. And if it aligns and if we like the product and if we can basically stand behind it, because we've gotten lots of them and I'm like, sorry, I can't do this because uh, it, it's not good or uh, it doesn't really align with our audience and I don't want to push that on them. But if it does, we can definitely talk. So uh, let me know. Let me know what you think. All right. What's going on in our music world this week? Tony Baloney is going to start us off and then we're going to jump over to Alex. That sounds like a good plan, Todd, as always. Um, so, well, this week um, I, uh, I'm, I'm doing a lot of catch-up. We had a a family emergency, and uh, I was closed down for a couple of days, so I'm, yeah, running behind, uh, which is <laughs> unfortunately not too unusual, but more more than more than normal. But um, but uh, just been putting in long hours at the shop. Uh, my buddy Dave's coming in to help out a little bit, so we're we're getting caught up. So if any listeners are waiting on a pick guardian order, it's coming. Don't worry about it. Uh, we'll take care of it. Um, but the in my music world this week... Um, yeah. Hey, looks like our good friend Jared just joined. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Sorry I'm late. It's okay. Better late than never, Jared. Yeah. We got a good show. You know, you can you, you see Alex over here on the board, right? Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> How you doing, Alex? <laughs> hey, not bad. Thanks, you. <laughs> <laughs> so last time we got together... Um, Todd, I think you had talked about uh, Monell strings for an acoustic guitar that you wanted to try, uh, specifically Kurt Mangan strings. And uh, I'm a Mangan dealer, uh, so I ordered some up. And uh, Todd, did you get a chance to try them on your guitars yet? I did not. Oh, okay. So I put a set on one of my acoustics. And it's a, it is a different string. Um, I guess Monell is a super hard steel uh, material that is similar to what was used, I guess, in the early 1900s on uh, on really the first production strings uh, that, you know, came out of, you know, primarily prior to that, there were a lot more uh, nylon or, or gut strings instruments. And so these are like very early uh, steel strings. They are very boomy, but they're also very bright, which is, it's, a, it's an interesting mix of things. And especially on an acoustic, since... I'm not used to seeing, you know, silver strings other than the, the the B and the E. It it just it it seems seems like it shouldn't be right, but it does. It's it's an interesting blend of things. So I'll be curious to see what you think when you put them on uh, on one of yours. Yeah, well, I've got them for. I'm gonna do one on my electric on my Hagstrom Viking, and then one on the uh, uh, one of my acoustics here. So. That'll be really interesting because oh. I'll be able to test it against both acoustic and electric. So that the Viking that that might be a little bit heavy gauge to put on the Viking, I would think. They're, they're nines. Oh, those those are the pure nickel ones. That, yeah, those yeah, were yeah. the those are the ones that That's I wanted true. you to try. Sorry. Yeah, but yeah, the Monell strings are definitely for the acoustic, or if you have a jazz box or something like that, that would that would work out really nicely. Yeah, for sure. But all right. So yeah. So full report next time. Awesome. All right, Alex from Xander Circuitry, what is going on in your music world this week? Um, so I have been getting, uh, kind of falling back in love with my Kurt Cobain Jaguar that um, went unplayed for, for quite a long time. More more through my own laziness than anything else. Um, <laughs> I uh, My main guitar that I mostly play is my um, Fidelity guitars, uh, the kind of custom one that I had built a couple of years ago that, that's um, a uh, local uk builder right 
Yeah, he's based in Cambridge, which is a couple, maybe an hour, hour and a bit away from, from me. Cool. Um, Matt, the guy's name is. Um, yeah, makes really good stuff. Um, but I basically got, I, I wanted to try out some flat wounds because I'd never tried flat wounds before. Mm. Um, I stuck them on there on the Fidelity guitar, didn't like them, and then I've just been too lazy to take them off. So I um, have been playing the Jaguar just by virtue of the fact that I've been too lazy to take the flat wounds off the Fidelity. Um, now, do you have David, a, the lefty version or the righty version? Uh, lefty, I'm, I'm left-handed. Oh, that's right, perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, and it basically gone a little bit unloved and needed a bit of a setup. But now that I've kind of shimmed the neck and, and stuff like that, like a lot of offsets need doing to them, it plays a uh, hundred times better. So, I've been I've been using that and a lot of the stuff that I've been what I've just been noodling or recording videos and stuff. I've I've been using that pretty much exclusively. Nice. And that's it really. Yeah. What what gauge strings are you using on that? Uh, I use ten to fifty twos. Um, All right. Al almost so I'm going to recommend. Yeah, I would recommend going up to at least eleven to forty eight or even twelves because it's a short scale length, mm. and that will help out tremendously. The uh, the, the break or well it won't change the break angle but the downward pressure on the bridge uh with the heavier gauges that's been my experience with short scales oh cool yeah i'll give that a go i actually um i ended up swapping out the bridge um on the on this one because i think it comes with stock it comes with the i want to say the is it the mustang i think it's a mustang bridge comes stock. yeah it yeah. comes with the weird the weird little um saddle so they should have been swapped for like a normal kind of like tunematic style with just one big dip in the middle rather than like the weird screw saddle that the, the original ones had which holds the strings in a hell of a lot better than it did before nice nice so cool well, good that's a yeah that's a cool guitar i had a right-handed version of that for a while and uh i think the combination of actually i think it did have now that i think about it it did have a tunematic bridge on it um but that combination of all those things with the DiMarzio pickups, uh, is, it just makes for a really cool sounding Jaguar. Yeah, yeah well, the, the extra thing that I added to it is I, I took the, I ripped the pick guard off and stuck push pull pots on the pickup so I can get the single coil stuff as well, which is, I almost ex pretty much exclusively just use the single coils now. I, I rarely use the, the humbuckers unless I'm going for ah. like kind of crazy like high gain stuff um nice. if i'm playing clean especially so any of the demos that you hear of i'm i'm playing clean stuff it's probably that but you know both coil tapped and in the middle position yeah that sounds cool jared what are you doing um yeah so i was getting some guitars around yesterday to take to to practice and Notice there is some spots of mold on some of the cases. So it's time to get a dehumidifier in the basement. And now I'm going to have to clean all the cases and make sure there's no mold anywhere else. So that's... You might want to open the cases too, just to Yeah, check open inside. them and let them. Yeah. That's a lot of guitars. I, They're going to be spread all over the house. Mm. I'll just take them out in the sunshine, in the sunshine, and yeah. let them dry out out in the sun yeah so that's that's pretty much the the excitement uh of the week at my place awesome so just just have to clean the guitars and make sure there's no mold very cool that's about it nice i am uh, basically how about you todd thank you tony that's that's a thing now <laughs> one of the bands that i really got into when I was living in uh, in the Orange County in California, where I, basically where I grew up, was a band called the Cadillac Tramps. They were a local band that just had the best shows. It, they were incredible. And um, recently I noticed that there was a video up on Prime Video, and it was about the Cadillac Tramps. And hmm. I was really... I said, well, I gotta watch this, and and it was cool because I'm rewatching shows that I was at and remembering just how much fun it was. It was so good. Their main guitarist, uh, Johnny Two Bags, basically went over to Social Distortion after that, hmm. and they started talking about that. And I'll be honest, like I wasn't a massive Social Distortion fan, but wa I remember watching uh, Another State of Mind, which is a video about uh, these 
a couple of punk bands that basically, you know, these guys are like 15, 16, 17 years old. And they basically went across the country trying to be something. One of one of the bands was Social Distortions. It was very, very, very early uh, Mike Ness. And there's a particular point, and this really st- stuck with me for a long time, where he's sitting on the porch and he's trying to, like, work out this tune. And the person who's filming is like, what are you, you know, what are you working on? And he said, I'm, I've got this thing. I, it's a song I kind of like. It's called Another State of Mind. And he kind of, he's just roughing it out. And for whatever reason, I don't know if it's because having seen what they've gone through to get to that point, and then he's still, he's not giving up and he's he's got this song going. And it's a great song. Another State of Mind by Social Distortions. It's just, it's a really great song. So I called my band up and like, hey guys, you know what we should do? Like, that would be a great one for us to just throw in for a for a cover. And what we like to do is when we do shows, we, we do like one cover and that's the last time we play one show and that's it. Maybe that's a waste. I don't know, but I, that's the way I kind of want to do it. So people aren't expecting like, Hey, play that song that isn't yours. So it's a kind of a fun surprise. So that's what I was doing. I was just kind of like, well, let me, let's see, let's see, uh, let's see how this works out. So just been playing along with that and kind of, kind of fun. So I think we're going to do it. We'll see. I'll let you know. Very good. Yes. Thank you, Tony. Uh, yes. Yes. With my radio voice. All smooth right. Smooth jazz. Yes. Um, this is not smooth jazz. One, two, one, two, three, four on the floor. All right, Alex from Xander Circuitry. We're really excited to hear your second four on the floor. Yes, I have. Um, I have four four new ones. Um, so yeah, um, it would be the, very I mean, boring one, if you did for the same four again. <laughs> yeah, this, <laughs> yeah, nothing's changed in eighteen months. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah so uh, the first one, I, I thought I'd try and I tried to do it as if I was laying out my own little kind of mini board, um, like my desert island, um, kind of four. Um, first, that kind of covers off everything from like light drive, well, most of the drive stuff um, would be the Hudson broadcast. Um, I had the chance to play one at one of the shows I was at after here, like seeing all the hype about it kind of everywhere um, and kind of went into it with that attitude of, oh, everyone's been hyping it up. I'm probably not even going to like it. I bet it's, you know, been overblown or whatever, but I ended up really, really liking it. Um, it's got that cool kind of like recording console, like straight into, like plugging straight into the desk kind of sound. Um, not really a conventional, like soft overdrive or anything like that um so it was really 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 liked it um and that kind of covers off everything from the the light through to the kind of well it does get pretty high gain and quite fuzzy on the on the higher end of the gain side so that's one of those ones that you you just mentioned it had a lot of hype I, that was on every it's, it's like every other post was us and broadcast like for quite a while i feel like uh it was also one of the first pedals that I can remember that came out as a new pedal that had a decidedly retro look. And I don't mean like retro, like, uh, you know, a wedge shape or something like that. It looked like old forties electric equipment, you know, mm. um, I know that there were a couple other brands out there that were, that are doing that, but that, that one I think captured that really nicely without being like too kitschy or anything. Yeah, totally. Yeah, with the oxblood knobs and the kind of dark blue finish that a lot of the stuff have. Yeah, I, I like the aesthetic. I like how it sounds. It's just yeah, it's well deserved praise. So, so we should get. We should still get one of those then. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. All right. I see. That, that's that's been one in my wish list of like. Okay, I do have a wish list, and that is one of those that are that's still up there. So, good to hear. Um, right, so number two um, is the Frost Giant Electronics Soma, because um, you all know how much I love a Smashing Pumpkins reference. Right. Um, it's a it's a kind of big muff take um, with a, with a bit more control over like the mids and stuff. Um, had the pleasure of meeting um, Eric, who I'd known kind of on and off on forums and stuff. I had the pleasure of meeting him when we were on the same booth. Uh, at NAM back in January um, on the Stumpbox exhibit booth. Um, got to kind of chat for him to a little bit. Super nice guy. Um, 
and yeah, he just makes this really cool. He just makes a load of cool, like mostly aimed at kind of the Doom guys. That's so a lot of like heavy fuzz stuff. Um, but obviously, where the, it's just like a because it's like based on the Big Muff, it's kind of my, one of my favourite distortion slash fuzz effects. Um, and yeah, it's just it just from what I've from what I've seen of it, it, it seems to sound really really good. Uh, he's gonna be on our show coming up. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, Eric's great guy. We got a lot of requests for Frost Giant, so we're doing it. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, very cool. I had a nice little chat with him, so very excited to hear about his stuff as well. So I'm glad that you got some of that going on. How about number three? Number three is um, from, well, everyone's good friend, Wooly. Um, <laughs> from, from Champion Lecky. Uh It's the Woozy that he's um, recently put out, which is a kind of weird, glitchy chorus vibrato Tremolo. kind of pedal that has like a, a load I of different waveforms. Um, great pedal, yeah. I gotta get one. Yeah, no, it's um, from from what again from what I've seen of it, and there's been loads and loads of demos that have come out recently. It seems to be kind of the old. I mean, kind of chorus and vibrato is one of my favourite effects, um, and that just kind of takes it to a another level. So I just I love the kind of crazy glitchiness of it. It's just um, it seems really cool. Yeah, it's a good looking pedal too, and it's and it's right. Are there underpants painted on that one? I don't. Or they're ghosts. It's a, isn't it a ghost it's, in a ship? Yeah, it's three ghosts <laughs> in a ship. But, it, you know, yes. I bet if everybody who has one of those sends it back to him and says, can you paint some underwear on the ghosts, <laughs> the skeleton ghosts, <laughs> he might do that. <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs> or he could at least offer a sticker option. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I actually have some stickers. I might try to do that. <laughs> cool. I love those stickers. I actually bought a couple of shirts, and I'm proud to wear them. One shirt has the underwear on it, and the other shirt has uh, just a, a random roll of toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, before, it's um, funny. Oh, actually, I should mention, before I move on to the fourth one, I won't drop too much information, but I would keep an eye out for something to do with us and Champion Lecky, maybe. Something awesome so maybe uh cool and then number four um this is uh, this is a little bit of a cop-out on from because it does it can do multiple things um it's the new cooper effects arcades oh, yeah. um i'm saying specifically with the reverb cartridge so if anyone hasn't already seen it it's almost like an old like an old uh what are the consoles I suppose the cartridges like the N64 um, yeah oh wow it's, it's basically a, a pedal that has um, a little slot in it where you can put these little memory card things that have different effects programmed in so there's like a delay one and a reverb one I think a modulation one um, and uh, it, it just it's nice to see that it's finally taken off because I know a few companies have tried to do the whole cartridge thing before and it's not really fully taken off He's really kind of smashed it out and seems to have done it really well and it's really thought out. So it, and people seem to be liking it so far. And from what I've heard of the, the effects, he's done a really good job on those as well. Yeah. Well, that was mentioned on a previous one of ours too. Uh, now, I think personally the one of the reasons for the success of that pedal or uh, the reason that people are embracing it and not... Uh, writing it off as like you know some that's a gadget you know like a lot of times especially if you go to shows or you go to nam or whatever, nam there's there's people who are like here's this thing and you're like i get that that is an idea but it's just too gimmicky right um yeah with this pedal i i think first of all he's got a reputation for making really very good stuff the second thing is that people I, I think that people are recognizing it not as like, hey, here's a new system you should use, but as this is a pedal that is absolutely unique. And if you love pedals and like the collectability and just want something to be like, this is really cool. And if it's only any something that's, if it's only ever something that is just really cool, it's still worth it to me. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That to me, that's the big difference where a lot of other stuff like that tends to be like, here's the new way you should do pedals. It's like, no, 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 no. Don't. That's too much. 
So he just let it be what it is, and uh, and he makes really high quality stuff. So that's a twofer. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that is a f- cool four on the floor. Very well thought out, and uh, some excellent pedals in there. Well done. Thank you very much. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> How about we get to the meat and potatoes? Let's do that. First, speaking of meat and potatoes, we need to say a, a big thank you to John Fennell for uh, <laughs> who, wow. who's also a vegetarian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, John's been... Maybe uh, just to the potatoes. Yeah, just to the potatoes. Uh, John is a friend of ours and uh, one hell of a, of a producer. Uh, he's a recording engineer and a producer. He knows how to conjure amazing guitar tones he's recording here in columbus but he does record elsewhere so if you need him to record somewhere else he will go uh john fintel j-o-n-f-i-n-t-e-l.com he is working out of relay recording.com and uh would like some of would like you to contact him to talk about uh getting your awesome guitar tones or helping you find yours and if you want to hear exactly what some of those awesome guitar tones sound like you can check out my band the Valentinos on Spotify or iTunes or Amazon or wherever and and uh, Bandcamp villain, the Valentinos so and then you'll be like oh that's what John does yes that is what that, what he does and I'm absolutely <laughs> bonkers in love with the tone that, that he helped me find so much thanks John check him out all right Alex, we need to dig into what's going on with your whole like pedal thing thing that you do. You know, you make like guitar pedals and stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you have a brand new pedal out that I did an embarrassingly mediocre demo of, uh, but uh, <laughs> but I had some well, well done, Todd. Fun. Thank you, thank you. Uh, <laughs> That is the big news. Let's just get right into the Junipero. Uh, on it. You say it. The Junipero. Junipero. I don't know why. Whatever. Junipero. <laughs> it's right up there with solderless connections. Yes. Jared, would you, <laughs> like to, would you like to take a try at saying Junipero the way that you do things? A Junipero. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, yes. That's exactly it. You nailed it. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that's his British accent, by yeah. the way. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm that's pretty sure that was New Zealand. <laughs> that was New Zealand. Yeah. That's um, a universal accent. Right yeah. There. Uh, <laughs> anyhow. So, yeah, Alex, take it away. Tell us all about this amazing pedal you have out right now. Yeah, so, I mean, I think I may have even mentioned that we were doing something towards this the first time I was on, um, because I think that was around the time that we just started this project. Um, And it ended up taking, it was meant to be kind of six to nine months, and it ended up taking just shy of two years to to complete. Um, We kept kind of hitting a few stumbling blocks along the way but it's, it's finally out now um so yeah the the junipero is um it's a multi-modulation pedal so there's eight different effects uh you've got a couple of choruses with a detune uh flanger phaser tremolo harmonic trem vibrato and tremolo and a ring modulator um kind of does a bit of bit of everything um so kind of on top of those like eight effects you've got stereo in and out tap tempo presets subdivisions buffered or true bypass switching subdivisions yeah uh midi uh full expression control loads loads and loads of stuff um so we really did kind of spend a lot of time me and the guy that helped me um helped me do it kind of really kind of fleshing out a lot of the features we wanted to have and the way that i've tried to kind of explain it to to people in a, in a nutshell is like if you imagine like a Strymon Mobius or the Boss MD500 but coming from like a smaller independent company like coming from that angle um so rather than just trying to do like a standard catch-all modulation you know where if you've got like a oh the chorus sounds like the CE1 or the flanger sounds like the Electric Mistress what we've tried to do is kind of specifically make them a little bit weird and a little bit different um so we don't just kind of fall into the sea of multi-modulation pedals that are, are already out there yeah we one thing that i found to be very helpful is that 
it feels like a regular analog pedal. It, it feels and operates like all my other pedals. And I think that sometimes the multi-modulation and, and even into the, you know, more quote-unquote digital units, multi-units, can be either off-putting for a number of reasons. One, either f the actual form factor tends to be like, well, we can't make it look like a regular pedal because it's different, or has very complicated menus, et cetera, et cetera. So you have essentially what those can offer in a much more user-friendly, uh, arguably much more user-friendly uh, enclosure and, and a familiar one. Yeah, I mean, we, we tried to avoid doing, like, crazy screens or, like, hold hold this and twist this and, and do all that kind of stuff. I mean, obviously, there's, there's a few of those features in there just by nature of what it needs to do. Yeah. Um, but we've tried to keep things fairly self-explanatory. So, I mean, if you want to dive in and do the MIDI stuff and set every parameter to an expression pedal per preset you can you can do all that stuff if you really want to sit down and spend the time with it but if you just want to use it as you know the five onboard presets that it's got you can you can do that yeah. um and, and it's, it's easy just to set of, your you know, own too i mean i did it in like 30 seconds so yeah so it's just yeah it's just you know twist to the settings you want press and hold the preset button and wait for the light to flash and then that's it um yeah. so that was the kind of yeah like i wanted to try and try and keep the user friendliness of our other kind of simpler in quotes pedals like with the fuzzies and stuff but bring that to a, a more complicated effect I'll, I'll tell you what i was also using so in the video if you haven't seen the one that i did which is awesome uh go to our instagram channel and you will see it and you will see in the chain i've got a ditto uh a red noise stone blender which sounded awesome uh, paired up with your uh, Junipero. And I will tell you, frankly, the ditto confounded me far more than your pedal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's the absolute truth. I, uh, I was just, that was hilarious and frustrating and embarrassing all at the same time. So, uh, but yeah, it was really fun. The, the sounds I got, I was, I was, very much enjoying what was coming out of there. So when you created this, did you have a, a specific user or a specific type of music or anything in mind? Or did you just say, was this like, I think I should make one of these. How did, what was the genesis of this idea? Um, well, I, my kind of, I mean, I, it sounds a bit cliche to say that I'm into everything, but I mean, I, I, I like a lot like music from a kind of like a broad range of genres. Um, but a lot of the stuff that I've been digging into lately has been a lot of the like post-punk shoegaze that kind of dream pop stuff where it's all kind of everything's reverbed out and modulated and you know there's just you know echo on everything yeah. um and that's that's kind of where this started out um and then slowly evolved over over time to kind of it like it definitely does. It definitely leans more into that. I, I would say those kind of ambient, like dreamy kind of players. Um, I mean, it'll do those like classic modulation sounds if you you know if you if you you know dial the knobs back a little bit um, and keep it fairly tame. But yeah. it leans more into that weirder kind of shoegazy style. Yeah. So out of that, can you? Can you drop a couple of your favorite bands of that genre? Uh, yeah, so I've been really into um, bands like Dive, D-I-I-V, um, and Beach Fossils have, have been ones that I've been listening to of late. They're, they're kind of more in that, um, yeah, that kind of dream pop, um, echoey, reverb, watery kind of sound, um, which I'm really, really into. And then there, obviously there's like there's the obvious ones like My Bloody Valentine and even like Joy Division, you know, because a lot of their, even though it was, you know, earlier stuff, it still has that kind of aesthetic and you can see how that's kind of dripped into a lot of these bands that are doing similar kind of things now. Yeah. I, in my, in my uh, little video I did, I was kind of shooting for somewhere in between My Bloody Valentine and Lush. So, oh, pretty sure I nailed it. Just saying. Yeah, you did. 
Uh, hmm. <laughs> well, and there's, you know, speaking, uh, you know, I think you dropped a couple of your pedal names before. Uh, so the, I think the pumpkins also fit into that early, especially earlier pumpkins. There's, uh, you can definitely get tones of that stuff. But the great thing about it is that the combinations that you can create, at least from my perspective, it doesn't feel like I have every one of them on full force. It's a really effective way to blend those things, maybe even easier than trying to blend individual pedals. They seem to, to work in, in, uh, in tandem with each other, which is, I found to be uh, a great way to create and play. Like, I did not want to stop playing that. I was just like, wow, I, I, can, I can keep doing this for hours. This is fantastic. I had the same experience as you, Todd, um, and all that in just the mono mode. And I'm sure a lot of people are going to buy this pedal and just use it on mono, but um, I plugged it in stereo, and it's a whole new dimension. It's just, to me, in my experience, it really adds another layer on top of what you already have. So in turn, I, in my opinion, it could be two different pedals in a way, but it, it's just a lot more ear-pleasing, in my opinion, when you have, have it running in stereo. It really works great in stereo. I just I wanted to make sure everybody out there um, had that opinion, uh, had my opinion, so yeah. at least heard it, right? Yes. You got to try it. I mean, it's, it's crazy awesome. It's, it's different. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, I mean right. that. I mean, I mean, effectively. I mean, kind of going from leading on from that. It is that's one of the one of the challenges that we came up against, kind of halfway into the project, realizing that the patches that we were creating, we were basically trying to use the same effects and then run them to stereo, um, and it just wasn't really working as well. So what I ended up doing was kind of going back to the drawing board, creating a whole set of specific effects. For the stereo, for when someone plugs into stereo, so when you plug into the stereo, uh, when you plug into the stereo jack, it kind of engages those patches rather than the mono ones. So it is actively switching to a, an entirely different set of effects that have been created specifically for running in stereo, rather than just trying to shoehorn the mono ones in to a, a stereo setup. What? Holy mackerel! Yeah, that's why it took two years. Jeez. <laughs> oh, wow. So. Yeah, well, I, I got to tell you, it was totally worth it, 100%. I mean, I'm I'm going to want this pedal. You know, it's it's an amazing sounding, especially in stereo. I'm a stereo guy. Like, everybody knows that by now. You know, I like, I run everything stereo because it's better. You don't listen to your records in mono unless they're 70 years old, right? <laughs> yeah. Something like that. And you have two ears, so that works out. Um, and Except it, for you, Todd. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 and it, honestly, in its, uh, it's a beautiful pedal, too, because it, it still fits your aesthetic, but it is, it is a little different. And it's, it's, it's simple, but I love the blue anodized knobs on it. They like, it's just a, it's very, it's a good setup, man. Yeah, they're, um, those knobs are actually looking... Um, even better than the ones on the uh, on the unit that you had, because um, I'm, I'm sure some people that you know maybe even follow me will, will know that we got uh, kind of messed around by the the first set of knobs that turned up from the manufacturer, mm. um, and had a whole ordeal with um, trying to get money back and and you know trying to open a case with people that are you know the other side of the world and there's also a language barrier and that was that was difficult and a time zone you know trying to deal with all that but. Um, we were lucky enough to, um, I ended up putting up the knobs on my website and sold them as B-Stock and the, the DIY community really came out in droves and, you know, within a couple of weeks I'd sold nearly 2,500 knobs. Uh, oh, wow. ended up, I, I sold them at cost of, you know, what they cost me just to claw the money back thinking, oh, I'll sell a few and 
you know, whatever, they'll sit on the website for a year and slowly they'll just, you know, they'll, they'll, I'll deplete the stock. But within three, I think within three weeks, I'd sold them all. Um, so they, the DIY community really did me a solid on that one because um, it gave us the funds to, to order from a different manufacturer. Uh, so now you have little chrome skulls on there instead, is that? Is yes, that, yeah, okay. dice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alex, I, that's disgusting. I, <laughs> Alex, I was going to ask, um, I mean, how the, how was how the shift from doing, you know, fuzz, overdrive, uh, distortion to going to uh, a modulation pedal? I mean, is there like a major mind shift to, to, to figure out what you want to do? Um, I don't. I don't I mean. I don't think the, the shift wasn't so much to modulation. It was more the switch to DSP. Um, mm. Because I mean, obviously, if you switch to like an analog chorus, it's really it's not too different from building any any kind of any other analog pedal. Um, but the the shift to, to the digital stuff um, that was a bit of a wake up call because you're you're kind of coding effects rather than building them because the, the chip is there and all it, all it all it's there to do is take your code and, and spit it out as a as audio um so that that was um that was a strange one for me to kind of get my head around um but and it's not even remotely similar but kind of having a little bit of background knowledge in coding stuff for for web um it, i think it just gave me maybe a little bit of a a kind of head start on kind of noticing patterns in in code even though like the code's completely different um but yeah, so that that was a a big kind of challenge for me. Um, so I did the I did all the audio side, like the the patches and stuff, the effects themselves, and then I had a guy come in and help me do all the digital control stuff. So all the all the MIDI and the presets and the tap and stuff like that. That was all done by by him, and I just focused on the on the audio stuff because that that was kind of where I knew that my expertise lied. Um, and I knew this guy was really good. Of what he's done, he's worked with a few other companies and done really good stuff for them. So he had a decent track record, and it was kind of like I could, I could kill myself for however lot, like you know, working crazy hard trying to figure out how to do this all myself, or I could actually get someone to come in and do it and make it work. You know, who does this for a living? Yeah, and you know, can get it going first time. Yeah, something to be said for uh, for you know sourcing people who are really good at things. You know. Uh, I think it's interesting that you went, as Tony was mentioning, I mean, you're well known for the stable of awesome uh, drive pedals that you have. Uh, they're really, they're, they're outstanding pedals and they're incredibly versatile. And if you haven't people, if you have not checked out all the other pedals besides the pedal that we're talking about, I really highly recommend you do that um because you with any one of your pedals essentially you're getting like four or five pedals in a, in in one it's yeah they're outstanding <laughs> to go from th from that and it, it's not even that you did a dsp modulation you did like all the dsp modulations <laughs> <laughs> and for the for anybody that doesn't understand what that means can you explain what dsp is uh, yes, yeah, so DSP just stands for Digital Signal Processing. So it just means that your effect is, uh, your signal is just being converted to ones and zeros um, rather than just going through an analog part um, and then kind of being spat out the other end back as audio um, without trying to get too technical. Sure. Um, it's, uh, the, when the analog side, like the, the dry on the Junipero is, is analog still, so you are blending it. Your dry signal isn't affected in that way. Um, that's just going through a couple of buffers and whatever. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the leap for us, um, it was, it was. I mean, even before we kind of officially started the project, I'd had the, the dev board for the chip for probably the best part of a year. So it's been something I've been tinkering with on and off for, you know, for three years or so. Um, and, and now we're actually bringing some of that digital stuff into our other range of pedals so all of our at some point this year all of our stock so if anyone visits the website now the stuff that you see on there it might look like we have quite a small range because we're slowly selling off what of what our current what is left of our current stuff so a lot of it's already sold out um we're basically downsizing all of our pedals, all of our other pedals um, that are currently, 
uh, these enclosure sizes might not mean anything to anyone, but they're, they're currently 1590 BB, um, which is maybe the size of like a, not a micropog, the nanopog maybe, mm-hmm. the EHX um, one. Um, and we're moving down to a smaller enclosure that's more similar to the size of like, an, like a smaller MXR pedal, like a carbon copy. Um, maintaining all the functionality and actually adding some in, in certain spots. So, for example, the, the six-way clipping switch that's on most of our fuzzies will actually be an eight-way clipping switch on the on the new one. Naturally. Yeah. Um, so and then the eight, kind of digital... eight pedals in a box, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the other kind of the, the dig- what I was mentioned about the digital kind of side of things coming in is that we're moving to um, relay switching, um, which allows for soft switching and also latching or momentary so oh, yeah. you can use it as a normal step on and step off but if you want to just stamp on it for a couple of seconds it, it activates momentary mode um which is really useful with our pedals because they all have two foot switches anyway um normally for like um like it might max the gain out or it swaps the gain control or it gives you a different level control so you can you can do that momentarily now rather than having to stamp on and stamp off i love that I love that. I honest that's one of my favorite features on pedals. You have this currently you're you're done. You you fi- you finally baked it. It is available to anyone that wants this now. You mentioned retrofitting some of these other things. Do you, are you going to continue with new builds or are you going to really just focus on on retrofitting these old pedals for the near future? Um well I think well that that's kind of all underway. Um that project's ongoing. Um Going ongoing now um so a few of them have uh, a couple of them are nearly are nearly done um which is the uh cyclone and the sono so it's our kind of crazy oscillating fuzz is the cyclone and the sono is our bass fuzz and preamp so like two effects um those moved over first because they have the same layout control mm-hmm. uh control layout and the the rest of them will follow after that because those also all share the same control out so it just it made sense for us to because it means we can do this the, the the things that they have in common like the clipping the clipping stuff we can get that all all sorted and then it's just a case of plugging in the rest of the circuit um so that's kind of the, the way we're kind of approaching it from this kind of modular stage um and i'm hoping to have those hopefully out within the next few months so maybe like around autumn um is my goal for it um but who knows it might it might be delayed um, and then really the other thing kind of following on from that is now that Junipero is out, one of the things, again, why it kind of took so long to do it is that we wanted to build, we wanted to kind of make the structure of it, the hardware of it, somewhat generic in a sense that it's uh, it can be used as a platform to host any kind of effect. So, and all that's required is kind of software changes. So it means that further down the line, we can bring out uh, a delay or a reverb in the same format as the Junipero, but it means we don't have to go off and create an entirely new PCB or anything like that. It means we can we can just work within the software mm. and use the hardware that's available and just say, you know, instead of, you know, on a reverb, we don't need tap tempo, so let's make that do something else like it's a, a hold switch and it makes the reverb kind of drone off into oscillation or, or you know, or whatever it might be. Right. Um, but yeah, kind of that—that that was the thing that we wanted to do from the off was make sure that it had longevity to work with other effects, rather not just the modulation stuff. Right. Cool, man. Lots of awesome things coming from you. I'm glad that you're here doing this now. Uh, not, I mean, don't mean on our show, but like just in the timeline of your pedal building career, because there's not a lot that you haven't touched as far as drive and distortion or fuzz and uh, done those incredibly well. So a lot of times people can hit their ceiling like, well, this is kind of what I do and I've done it all. So now what do I do? You just opened up a, a huge new door, which is really fantastic so congratulations to you for that thank you very much most welcome i just wanted to point out one more time to whoever buys these pedals if you don't intend to use stereo just please give it one chance (laughs) borrow some borrow somebody's amp if you don't have two amps and get them around the same volume and 
put one amp on the other side of the room and da 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 da. I'm telling you, you have to try it at least one time because yeah. why not tap into everything that this pedal has to offer? It's a really great pedal. Stereo spokesman Jared Brand. <laughs> yeah, for real. That's right. Awesome. High fidelity. Right on. Well, uh, Alex, we're going to hop on over to uh, one of our favorite segments on the show, Jared. Ladies and gentlemen, it's our very interesting part of the show where we get to interact with a very silly question, which is, would you rather... This week's Would You Rather is brought to us by our good friend and executive producer, Matt Hart. Okay, this Would You Rather is the tale of two bands. So, there's two bands playing in two different places, and both their guitar players got sick. So they're out. Uh, They both call you. Now, the first band... You're going to be playing in front of 30,000 people at a really cool venue. But you hate the music. But everybody's going to love your guitar playing. Everybody's going to love the music and cheer you on and praise you. And you'll be a big star. Now, the other band, they're playing at a dive bar in some small town with one light with a crossroads. And there's 10 people there. But you absolutely love the music. It's the best music you've ever heard. You can play every song, frontwards and backwards. You love that band. So, which one are you going to choose to play in? Mm, That is a great question. At first I thought, nah, this is, I don't know if this is, and then I started thinking, wait, that's actually a really tough thing because... Most of us who play music, like even hearing music, if we don't like the song, we change the radio or the station or the stream or whatever you're doing pretty quick, right? So uh, this this is an intriguing one. I'm curious to hear what everybody says. Tony, why don't you kick us off and then we'll go to Jared and and then hit Alex. Yeah, I mean, for me, this is a pretty easy question. I mean... I can't imagine suffering through an hour-long set of music that I did not enjoy. Uh, I mean, I would, you know, I would just be going through the motions. And even though it sounds like a great opportunity to play in front of, you know, all those people and things, it, I mean, it would it would be it would be garbage. Um, so I'm going with playing with the small, tiny venue. Uh, one horse town uh, with uh, with the band that I like to play the music that I like and that I know that's my final answer okay Jared uh, yeah I'm I'm gonna definitely choose the same thing Tony did because um, maybe have a slightly more different reasoning it's you know I would love to play in front of 30,000 people. The In real life, I think the most I played in front of was maybe 1,000. And 30,000, that's nuts. However, if you do that, all the major big-time culty-type fans of that band are going to forever remember you and associate you playing with that band that night. And if you just can't stand that music, you're going to have to put up with people wanting to talk about that experience. And you you have to continue the lie forever (laughs) until you're dead, (laughs) until you die. There you go. So I'm going to I'm going to go with Tony on that and play in front of 10 drunks. Interesting. That, now that I again remember me. I'm assuming that the pay is the same for both shows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it's a union. That's yeah. right. Uh, let's see here, Alex. What do you think? Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think I'm going to have to follow suit. I um, I mean, given my nervous disposition when I have played to ten people previously, um, I think thirty thousand might be a little bit overwhelming. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't think I'm really cut out for the. Um, the rock star lifestyle. I mean, I'm always jealous when you, know, you see people like Dave Grohl and they'll pull people up out of the audience and they'll they'll play just to play guitar and they'll get through like Monkey Wrench without even thinking about it. And they didn't even know they were going up. Um, I don't think I could ever be uh, 
ever be like that. So I think I'd have to pick the uh, the dive bar playing to ten people. Uh, well, How about you, Toddley? Um, having done an awful lot of that uh, dive bar stuff, <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for the big venue, and I've got a pretty good reason why. Not mm. just for like you know, whatever kind of quote unquote fame or fortune that, that you might encounter right there. But it's Kansas. <laughs> oh, man. oh, that changes everything. Doesn't it? Speaking of monkey wrench. Yeah. No, that doesn't change it because I'll tell you why. I think that anytime you have a chance to show what you're capable of, um, that's an opportunity. And, I, I think about like people like Ron Kilo or uh, or Rhett Shull or any of any of these other guys that are um, getting a lot of great experience in session work because that's the other thing it's an experience that you wouldn't have had. So uh, I think I could probably suffer through it, and I would look to that as saying, "Hey, look what I'm capable of doing." If you you know if you need me to do this, like either on a different. Uh, for your band or maybe mine can open up for years because now I've got you know I can prove that I have experience of that I would look at it as a as a as a as a new door as a new platform um, and try to try to exploit the living crap out of that for having to suffer through awful music um, mm. not to and by the way I am not at, at all insinuating that the bands that those two guys that I just named for are insufferable bands. I'm not saying that, but what they did is they, they, they were able to catapult um, from those sessions, from early session work to bigger and bigger stages and, uh, and a broader range uh, so it made them grow as musicians as well. So that's just something that I, I can appreciate. And I, th I think it would be a pretty cool opportunity. Um, even if it was Kansas. <sighs> All right. Well, that was a good one. Thank you, Matt Hart for sending that in. That was, that was a sellout. That was a good one. Send me more of those. Those are great. Would you rather's? Yeah, absolutely. Everybody. If you got a, would you rather, if you're sitting here, we would love to hear it. And we'd love to read it. Cause they're super fun times. All right, Alex, we're on the home stretch right now. We got a couple people to thank real quick. And I'm super, super excited this week because, well, I'll just go into it. We've got some new names to read. Um, this portion of the show, there's a group of people that help make the podcast possible. There are executive producers. Now, you might be asking yourself, what's an executive producer? And maybe more importantly, how can I become one? Well, it's very simple. Go over to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs and you will find various levels in which you can participate. Each level comes with some really, really great reward packages, including things like barefoot buttons and T-shirts and keychains. I got it this time. Tons of stickers. Stickers and Pins. giveaways. Oh, oh my goodness! All kinds of stuff. The giveaways. No. I've got a. I've got a whole bunch of giveaways that are coming up. I'm just letting you guys oh, know. Like, I have a list of them. So, I mean, That's each right. level has that stuff, but there's the executive producer level that helps the most and gets the most. In fact, in addition to all that great stuff, they get one very special thing. And Jared, what is that? You get to have your name read on the thing. Your name read on the thing, and that's what I'm going to do right now. So special thanks to our executive producers, Mr. Tom Barazin, Martin Cliff, John Daly, Chris Kearney, Darren Gregory, Doug Christ, Michael Van Zant, Ken Sayers, Brian Robison, Michael Senchuk, Stefan Lamb, Johnny Knowles, Anthony Lanthrop, John Anglin, Tyler Bray, Brad Partridge, Chris Heidel, John Esterly, Tim Nowak, Doug Gann, Justin Jones, Brett Alexander, James White, Matt Hart, Liam Martin, James Pennington, Adam Johnson, Mark Garten, Steve Keyes, and our newest executive producer, Mr. Richard Kendall. Hey, welcome, welcome aboard. Right on. 
But wait, there's more. There's more. Oh, we have a, a special group that is a group of executive producers, but they get they're just a, just a, just a shade higher. We call them our grand poobas, and we have a new grand pooba to add to this growing list. So here they are: Jonathan Jerusik, Corey Nigro, David Kaminga, Cody Lane, Cody Foster, Sean S. Tommy Manasco and Mark Garten. He was uh, a patron. He upped his 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 ante to the Puba level, and we'll be sending out a fez for him to wear with pride. And some other stuff. Tip of the fez to all of those folks, and to all of you who help us on Patreon. Hey everybody! Thank you so much for your support. Even if we didn't read read your name off, uh, your support is greatly appreciated. We're trying very hard to sort out our next home, and uh, it might include a bit of a build. So this is it's helping us out tremendously. Alex from Xander Circuitry, thank you so much for joining our show today. No problem at all. It was uh, it was great to be back on. Uh, everybody, make sure that you get out, check out some of the demos. Uh, check out Alex's channel, Xander Circuitry, on Instagram. Give the Junipero a good listen. I really encourage you to, to be able to check it out. And Jared would like to encourage you to run it in stereo, if at all possible. <laughs> yes. How about absolutely. quadraphonic? Can you yeah. run it quadraphonically? Oh my you can. <laughs> be Somehow. All right, Tony, where can people find you? Oh, let's just say you need a special pick guard or you're changing out pickups or I don't know, whatever you're doing. Go over to pickguardian.com. You can see some of the things that I have uh, available for sale, kind of stock items, but I do a ton of custom work. I mean, primarily that's what I do. If there's something that you don't see there or you have questions, shoot me an email uh, at uh, info at pickguardian.com or click on the link on the website. If you want to see some of the projects we've been talking about from time to time, go over to uh, uh, Instagram, and that's Pick Guardian and the number one. Tons of awesome materials that you can't even think of yet. Yes, things you haven't even imagined. Exactly. Jared? So, for pickups, (laughs) give me a call. <laughs> That's it. How about, uh, how, no, about go to it. No. <laughs> how about old pickups no, that it, look like new? That's right. So brandonwellandpickups.com. I specialize in making new pickups look like old vintage pickups to match your relic project or your original vintage guitars. And um, I also do a lot of repairs and restoration on vintage pickups or new pickups or whatever you need. Please uh, shoot me an email, jared at brandonwompickups.com. And if you don't need vintage stuff, like if you just want your guitar to sound better. I make cool new stuff too, yeah. Yeah, really, really outstanding sounding pickups. So uh, tip of the the hat to old Jared, my friend over there. Uh, All right, Alex, we are super happy that you joined our show again. And uh, we really encourage everybody to go check out your pedals. Thank you very much. Yeah, no, it's great to be back on. Um, So yeah, if anyone wants to... um, purchase anything on the site Junipero or to help us clear out any of the other stuff um, I'm going to set up a discount code for the guitar knobs guys so I will do GTR KNB 20 and, uh, and we'll give you 20% off at the checkout that is great GTR KNB 20 and you're going to get 20% yeah, I can't off. wait oh wow that is that's super generous we really appreciate that especially because you have a stock of excellent pedals just waiting to be had uh does that include the junipero yeah go on then why not yeah <laughs> Ooh, doggies that might change things a bit yep all right everyone 20 percent off this this fantastic new pedal uh i highly encourage getting your hands on one um well done well done alex thank you very much our audience appreciates that as do we thanks so much no problem so yeah you can uh find me at xandercircuitry.com at xandercircuitry on all the social media stuff so if you fancy picking up a junipero or clearing out some of the other stuff that we've got left then uh just let me know 
Yeah. All those other pedals are really fantastic people, so get your hands on them. All right, everybody. Have a great guitar week, and subscribe! Oof. All right. <laughs> hey, there's Jared. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, I apologize for my tartiness. Uh, no problem yes. at all. Sounds good. You're such a tart. Yes. <laughs> oh, thank you. First time uh, anybody ever that looked like Jared has been called a tart, I think. I saw this was moved to uh, 1030. No. That erases my lateness. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes four on the floor blog and other good stuff you can connect with us on social too at our facebook page and share your gear and stories on our facebook group also be sure to check out our instagram at guitar knobs catch you next time